Hey folks, in this interview, we're gonna be talking about mobile editing and is it possible using today's hardware and software solutions? This is Twitter. All right, guys, welcome to the show. This is uh, this is gonna be really interesting. So Chris and Terry, you guys are both co-founders of a company called LumaTouch, and you make a piece of software called LumaFusion. Welcome to This Week in Photo. We're gonna dive in and talk about all that stuff. You guys ready for this? Yeah, thanks right, thank for having you. <laughs> it was good to have both of you. Uh, so let's start. Um, Terry, why don't we start with you and and talk a little bit about the future, or not the future, but the 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 inception or the history of Luma Fusion, and tell us what it is before we before you dive into all that. Okay, well, Luma Fusion is the first professional multi-track video editor uh, for iOS. Uh, you can run it on your iPhone or your iPad, and it embraces the professional features that 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 editors need, like insert and overwrite, multi-tracks, titling, color correction effects and just a number of other things, audio mixing, it's all in there. Wow. And uh, so you can create a full-length project on your iPad in, in a very custom way. So that's what, what it does. And um, Chris and I both have worked at a variety of companies over the years. Uh, Chris, I think I'm going to let Chris tell, tell his uh, beginning story and I'll tell mine. Um, so I don't mess his up, <laughs> but uh, I I started as an editor in Seattle in 1988. Um, I was actually assistant editor at a local post production facility, and it was right at the inception of nonlinear editing. So I was editing on something called the MC squared, which was basically an editor you used off an optical disc. Wow. Um, it was very rudimentary. But I kind of grew into this nonlinear editing role over the years, working for companies like Lightworks, who made a film, um, a feature film editor uh, that was uh, nonlinear, and Tektronics and Fast Multimedia and Pinnacle and so on. Ended up at Avid, where I met where I met Chris as we were making uh, Avid Studio for iPad for them. Oh wow! Okay. Uh, that's that's how we met. So, and Chris, you go ahead and. All right. So, um, you know, I started uh, way back in. Well, my first company was in 1993. Um, a friend of mine and I had been selling Amiga computers while I was finishing college, and the Amiga was big in doing video. And I so, that. Uh, yeah, you Amiga, remember? Okay, video well, toaster and all that stuff. Video toaster. Yeah. Yeah, we did a product called Hollywood Effects, which was cheesy, fun 3D effects, and uh, but did very well. And so. We sold that company to Pinnacle, and that's and Pinnacle got bought out by Avid, and that's where Terry and I met. And so over that time, I worked on a lot of different projects for um, both 2D and 3D video effects, and moving into editing and so forth. And so at Avid, yeah, we got to work on uh, Avid Studio, that then became Pinnacle Studio for iPad, and we started actually LumaTouch originally to continue to develop and support that for Corel, and we did that for a while. But in the meantime, we wanted to take we built that on older technologies and we wanted to do something completely new that had everything we wanted that would be the foundation for something for the future. And that's where over three years we developed the engine for LumaFusion and uh, came out with LumaFusion about a year and a half ago. And since then it's done very well and we're 
it really is the foundation to add continually more features that will give us more power in the future um, and continually grow what it can do. That's perfect. That's perfect. Thanks for the, those intros. And that that's a, the perfect segue, Chris, into the, the, the thrust of this conversation. I want to focus. There's a million things we could talk about, uh, but we only got about 30 minutes. So I want to I talk about the idea and the feasibility of mobile. You know, so if you rewind back when when the iPad first was announced and everyone was all excited and, you know, there was all the irrational exuberance about what this thing is going to it's going to replace the MacBook and it's a whole new industry, uh, kind of like when Segway was announced. Right. <laughs> so it's going to change everything. Um, and it didn't it, it, you know, in classic Apple fashion, they announced a product and then they continue to iterate on it. And now we have the iPad that we have today, which is arguably exponentially more powerful than what we had back then. Um, but th a lot of people were let down in terms of, well, this device. Yeah, I thought I was going to be able to do, do all my work on it, but turns out I can't. I can't even print from it back then. Uh, now yeah. you can do all that stuff from it. Um, but from a content creator's perspective, what I want to position, ask you guys first, and maybe Terry, you could take a stab at this first, is the is mobile processing power in the iPad and the operating system, iOS 11 and upcoming 12, are these operating systems and hardware combinations to the point where we can create serious work, finished work, on a mobile device versus just saying, you know what, I can kind of do it on my iPad, but I'm really going to do all the real heavy lifting on a proper computer. What, what do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, it surely is. Uh, in in LumaFusion, we can have three tracks of 4K media running real time on the timeline with effects on every wow. layer, plus three more tracks of audio. Um, and, you know, reportedly, from our customers and from my own experience, scrubbing and playing those three tracks of 4K with effects on them is actually faster than scrubbing it on my Final Cut. So, uh, yeah, it is possible. And in LumaFusion, we've made sure that the features are also up to snuff with um, the, the things you need to do as a professional editor. Yeah. And then what about, um, Chris, maybe you can take this. What about the idea of uh, the touch interface not necessarily being ideally suited to editing? I mean, is it, right. it's, is it's, it better? Is it worse? <laughs> it's interesting because, you know, when we first, um, you know, moved to mobile, that was one of the biggest changes was having to completely redesign the concepts of how we did things to meet the touch interface because it's, it is so totally different. But with the time we spent when we initially designed this kind of user interface, by the time we were done, we had something that was frankly more personal and more fun to work with than working on the desktop. Now there are, you know, there are sometimes limitations and things you have to deal with. You know, with a mouse, you can get real detailed one at a time. So we have to do new things to do that. You know, be able to pinch to zoom in and then work with it. But once you start touching clips and moving them around with your fingers, it feels like you're a part of the project that you're working on. And, and frankly. It's a lot more fun to edit, you know, yeah. on on an iPad um, than it is on the desktop. I mean, you can get the work done on both, but you know, it just feels enjoyable once again. It's something that I hadn't felt in a long time in editing is that ability to just have fun editing again. But then, the, and that's great. And I, I I felt that 
too when I was playing with it, and um, I was I haven't done a full project in it. In fact, this video that we're recording right now will be the first full project that I see. So if people are watching this, you're watching a video that was edited in Luma Fusion. Uh, but one of the things that as as I prepare for that editing process, one of the things that I'm worried about, and maybe you guys can help me be unworried, um, is storage space. So I have a I have a, a beefy iPad. It's got an I forget what the exact how much storage space it has on it, but it's got a lot. It's probably the, you know, one of the top end or medium to top ends. Um, but I also, and one of the, one of the interviews I did last week was with the Narbox folks. So I also have a Narbox, this little, it's the older one. Let me find it here. So it's the older, the older Narbox drive. So my idea was, can I put my media on that thing and edit on the iPad and just sit on the couch and have fun or, and if so, what, where, where am I going to hit limitations? So either one of you guys can take that. Tell me what you think. Go ahead, Chris. Yeah. Well, you know, first of all, with a large iPad, you know, you should be quite well off, you know, doing a, a fairly long, you know, we, we've had people on iPhones doing a full length feature film um, and all the footage they needed for that. So, what? you know, as long as you have the storage, you're okay there. But Narbox, we worked closely with them to do an integration that really makes uh, mobile workflows sh shine, particularly for people who are doing things like drones and uh, different cameras that they're bringing footage in, because they can grab all that footage quickly and easily into their Narbox, and all of that footage just shows up right on the screen in LumaFusion through a wireless network. So you don't have to transfer anything, you don't have to work with it. You can preview, do your trims right in the, um, in the user interface, and it will only download from the Narbox to your iPad when you actually drag to the timeline and only the portion that you're actually using, you know, plus a little extra for trimming. So it really saves space even on those devices that don't have a lot of storage on the iPad. Wow. Okay. See now that, that I think is a, is part, part of the, the story that needs to be hammered home because if I'm hearing you correctly, so I have, I have a, a good amount of space. This is not the biggest portable hard drive in the world, but I've got a good amount of space on there to do a project on. Um, and the, my original way of thinking when I think about mobile editing is like, okay, I got to get the files off of wherever they are and onto the iPad so I can then start doing my edit and then I'll export and then somehow get that final file off the iPad into whatever service or back onto a quote proper computer. But you're, cause you're saying that's not the case, right? So I'm actually well, editing on the Narbox itself. Well, it's a little different. It, it isn't quite that we, we import it in um, to the timeline, but we do it so seamlessly that it almost feels like you're, you're running right off the okay. Narbox. Okay. You know, and we're actually in, in with their version two software, we're talking about some ideas in the future of even allowing that. But for now, it does need all the media on the device because Apple really has optimized, you know, their codecs to work off device. And that's where we get the buttery smooth 4K from. Um, but it, the nice thing is you don't have to think about that process when you're working with the Narbox. You just drag your clips to the timeline. We do everything, all the work for you to make that just work. That's fantastic. That is fantastic. Okay. So then... So let's 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 walk through a hypothetical situation that's actually going to become reality in a couple of hours here. <laughs> so this situation, I'm recording on my iMac right now. I got I'm bringing you guys in through a piece of software called LumaFusion, um, and what I'll end up with is you know it, I'm doing all these cuts that that people are watching right now between you two and the three shot that they're watching right now. I'm pressing buttons to switch us between there, so I'm not doing that kind of editing on the, the iPad. But given that I'm going to end up with a with a 
with a file, an MP4 file that I need to add titles to, I need to add lower thirds to, and all those sorts of things. Can you guys take me through that? Terry, maybe you can, you know, or either one of you, take me yeah. through how, when I'm done with this, I'm going to end up with an MP4 file on my desktop. What do I do? Well, you, you know, there's a variety of ways you can get that MP4 file uh, into LumaFusion. You can put it on Dropbox and then import it into LumaFusion. You could put it on your Narbox and then edit it from there. You could also airdrop it to your uh, iOS device. Um, and there's other providers too, like iCloud, Google yeah. Drive. Google Drive, yep, yep. So the goal is just to get it into LumaFusion, and, and that's pretty easy. Then you drop that clip or sections of that clip onto the timeline. Um, in the library, you would find your title templates, and some of them are just a, a plain, this is your text title, and you just drag that to the timeline, double tap on it, and opens a title editor, where you will add multiple layers of titles. You can add your, your logo, um, import your logo into the title, add shapes, text, and colors, and you can do uh, different fonts and shadows and whatnot. Close the title editor, and that now is on your timeline on the check. You know, you put it on check above above your video clip. Um, on your video clip itself, you can double tap on that and get into a variety of editors. One would be the frame and fit editor, so you could shrink it down, you could rotate it, twist it, uh, do cropping. Um, you could also go to the uh, color and effects editor, color correct it, add blurs, uh, different styles, and so on. So you could create a nice open for your show on LumaFusion. And all of those effects are all keyframable, so you can add motion to each of the effects. Okay. Say you wanted to, to crop on like this. You can put a keyframe here where it's like this, put a keyframe here, and, and, and it would move. Same with color. You could go from black and white to color or add a, a special look to it. So that would be how you would edit this. Of course, you have three tracks. So you could do video and um, the title track and an overlay track with something else on it. And you could add multiple layers of audio. So if you wanted to add um, a music or any kind of voiceover. Audio voiceover, yeah, you can do that. And then you go to the export button, and it's that simple. You just press export. You can export to Dropbox, OneDrive, Google Drive. Um, you could airdrop it to your computer. You could even airdrop it to your phone. And the whole project, you could airdrop to your phone and, and continue editing on your phone if you're on the go. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So, and, that, and that's a pretty quick process. You just say project archive send and can i can i go in the can i go in the other direction because i would see a, a potential workflow as me i have an iphone 10 of me walking around capturing footage or doing an interview per se you yeah. know with with the iphone 10 and then starting the edit on the iphone 10 and then saying oh, well i need more real estate and then shooting it over to the ipad to finish sure. there is that is it possible for sure, you can go that direction. You could even go in another direction and get yourself an assistant and airdrop it to them and make them edit. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> See, now we're talking. <laughs> I got this. No, no worries. Now we're talking. So, so one thing I wanted to mention um, also is that 
one of the things, if, if you're a Final Cut user, you'll feel a certain familiarity when you use LumaFusion. We use some of the same paradigms of linking overlay track clips to the main track clips to keep them in sync. Mm -hmm. Now we go a step further. You can unlink them if you'd rather not have them that way and have them you know, um, stay at a certain point in time, which Final Cut won't allow you to do. But um, So we give you the best of both worlds. And so I think you'll find a certain familiarity with it working right away. That's great. That is great. So I, I definitely want to try that. I mean, the, the, the one hurdle that I was thinking of was the the storage issue, which I think is solved by the, uh, the, the Narbox device. So I'm literally going to walk through this whole process. So let's talk about the keyframing was on my list of things to talk about right after storage. And uh, Terry, you, you kind of touched on that a little bit. Basically, almost everything within the app is keyframable. Is, uh, is that fair? Well, uh, any color and effects are keyframable, uh, or you can take make a title and put that into the color and effects editor and keyframe effects onto that. So you could make your title, uh, add motion to your title. You could add a shape, you know, a, a shape to the title. You could have it sort of swirl in or whatever you wanted. Um, can I, can I bring in assets that, that I'm going to use over and over again? For example, like on this interview, at the beginning, people will have seen our little sequence of animations that play. Are, yeah. are, are we able to, am I able to bring that in and just have that live on my iPad forever and bring that in whenever I do a new show? Yeah. Chris, I'm going to let you answer that. Okay. Yeah. Um, so yes, absolutely. You can bring in, there's a number of ways. Again, you can bring it in through any of these sources, airdrop it, um, uh, bring it in through Dropbox. And you can actually, for example, if you had um, just, let's say, a, a logo image, you can bring that into the titler and save that as a title, um, an image preset that you can then just quickly drag and drop and, and use in any of your titles. Oh, or you can create a title preset with all of that put together and just be able to change the actual text of the title. So if you're doing lower thirds with a person's name, all you need to do is change it. And you already have all your graphics in place ready to go. And that's what I want to do. I mean, ideally, the the holy grail would be uh, me. You know, I'm being selfish here, obviously. So <laughs> the holy grail would be if I did an interview, say it's a one-on-one -on -one interview one of you guys, I will end up with, you know, a fairly finished piece. There may be some pieces in there I need to cut out or whatever, but not, you know, it's, it's not going to be heavy lifting Hollywood style editing. But let's say I just have one clip. What the Holy Grail would be to have a project that is a template project that I can just open that project and replace the interview, change the lower thirds for the guests and then export it, maybe do some, you know, some some sweetening to the audio if necessary, but then export that up to YouTube or Facebook or something like that. Is that flow a possibility with the software? Yeah, absolutely. You know, you could we have a duplicate project, so you can take any project, duplicate it anytime you want. And we have drag and drop replace, you know, in the main track that's extremely simple. So you can do a replace, then you can do a slip trim if you didn't have your cuts exactly right, yeah. change your your titles. Upload to virtually anywhere we support Vimeo, YouTube, Facebook. Um, if if you don't have something there that you want to go out to, you can export to other app. You know, some other app that uh, supports bringing in video, and it's really quite simple to get that out there. That's fantastic. What what about audio? So one of the, you know, people always. You know, the, 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 the running kind of recommendation is make sure your audio is nailed, you know, for video on YouTube and Facebook and all that. You could have the most beautiful looking 4K video loaded and then, you know, substandard audio and people are not going to watch. Whereas if, right. if the reverse is true, your video is kind of OK, but your audio is perfect. People will probably watch it to that I end. To that, yeah. yeah, to that end, Terry, what about the tools, the audio tools that you guys have included in LumaFusion? What do, how deep do they go or how shallow are they? 
Right. Well, we have we have an audio mixer, so you can mix per track. You could uh, raise and lower the levels, you know, per track on your timeline. But you can also double tap on a on an audio clip and keyframe your audio. So uh, you could raise and lower certain words or places in your clip. You can even play and then add keyframing as you play. So riding the the volume or the panning. Um, we support. Uh, for audio, one thing that we do that's important for people who shoot with a, a second mic is we allow the audio channels to uh, a stereo audio clip to be separated into two mono clips, oh. so that you can edit, you know, the background audio separate from the interview audio, for instance. And I need that. <laughs> yeah, there are filters in there for uh, EQ and and things like that as well. Wow. See, okay. I'm trying to find the holes in this. I can't find any holes. Okay. <laughs> so, so just to, to back out, to back up a little bit and talk about just the, the industry, I started the interview talking about, is it feasible to, to look at my iPad as a, as a production level device? And that's an important question for a lot of reasons from the standpoint of even packing. Like if you're going on a three day trip somewhere it changes the metaphor of the stuff that I need to bring with me if I can just bring an iPad versus, or even just my phone to get started on some things versus bringing a full computer and, you know, the charger and all that other stuff that goes with it. So, you know, it's, there's been the stigma, as you guys know, I mean, you're sitting in the middle of the industry, there's been the stigma of things being substandard that are produced on mobile devices or just kind of like toe in the water or, you know, you can get almost there, but you're never going to get all the way there. Can you guys talk right. about that a little bit? Are we still in that era or are we in the era of I can produce a full quality production with just my iPad and maybe even my phone as the camera? Yeah. It, we are we are there now. Um, up until recently, uh, there just wasn't the right features in apps to achieve a full professional production on your on your iOS device. So a lot of the editors were template driven, so they they would make decisions for you. Um, yeah. They would try to simplify the process of editing to the point where it took away the ability your ability to make editing decisions. Um, so with LumaFusion, we've made sure that we respect that process that you go through as an editor. We respect, we respect the way that editors tell stories and the problems that they have to solve, and we really em embrace that so that, uh, yes, you can complete a, a full edit on, on your iPad or I, iPhone. Yeah. Um, one of the things I wanted to add to that is, is one of the greatest compliments that I have of, our, of this new product that I haven't ever had in any of the products that I've worked on before is that I often can't tell that a video was created with LumaFusion. You know, it could have just as easily been created with Final Cut or Premiere Pro. I cannot tell the difference. And that to me is the greatest compliment because Almost every other editing app that's out there, you know, um, from the past, including iMovie, you can almost always tell it was created with it based on the templates, based on, you know, those kind of things. And 
now I can't. And that's, I think that's a really big change. And that's what I want. I mean, not, not that I don't want to, you know, let people know I've been using LumaFusion, <laughs> yeah. but it's, you know, it's not about the paintbrush. It's about the right. final work of art that you finish and you don't want, you don't want to detract from it with people saying, oh yeah, look at that graphic. That's the template right. that I have on my machine, you know? Right. Uh, but that said, you bring up a good point. So iMovie is there already. Right. Mm -hmm. So and people know the brand and they know Apple and they're like, well, you know, if I if I'm going to edit, why not just use that thing? What do you guys say to that? And you and you, in the beginning, you mentioned there were some tools also available from Avid that you guys were involved with. What makes LumaFusion uh, a, a logical choice over using one of those tools? Well, it, it would be so. Editing video is just uh, a, a series of problem solving. Mm -hmm. You're trying to figure out how do how am I going to make these clips fit together in this amount of time, make it look beautiful, have it timed out right, stay in sync while all this audio and video is going on. It's a real multi-sensory puzzle yeah. that you're putting together. And and if you don't have a tool that allows you to put the pieces where you want and to change the color of any piece or to move any piece how you want to fine trim it, you're you're putting together a puzzle and you're and you're disabled in in that way that you can't you can't make those choices, and that's you know iMovie is great for someone who doesn't want to make those choices, but LumaFusion is for someone who is a real crafted storyteller. And they want to be able to make those decisions, solve the problems as they see fit, and put together their edit. And it's the only tool out there um, that can do that. Yeah, see that that is fantastic, and it it kind of reminds me of a the you know back in the day. You guys may remember when the IMAX first came out. Remember all the colored IMAX and cherry and Bondi blue and all that stuff. Um, and then we got iMovie, which was one of the killer apps, if not the killer app on that machine. And now you can edit video on this little thing. And we had one at the company I was working for at the time. We had an iMac, and it was sort of in competition with an avid system but you know in some ways not but it still represented like wow this is now consumer you know or now everyone has superpowers right so right. so now when you fast forward to today with iPads what I want to get your opinion both of your opinions on is you know if you look at the demographics and the numbers around how people are using devices and interacting with the internet, Facebook, YouTube, Google, etc. It's mobile, right? So all arrows point to the future being mobile. If you niche down in that demographic sample into kids, let's say under 18, you know, it's all mobile for, for the most part, right. unless they need to sneak on their parents' proper computer or something. It's all <laughs> mobile. So is this now, is, is our software packages or softwares like LumaFusion the only way that these people, these kids that are will quickly becoming adults, that they will be creating video for their YouTube channels and all that? Is it a LumaFusion world, you know, or a mobile <laughs> a mobile world versus, wow. you know? <laughs> you know, we, we, we want to be a part of the process and, and, and we're not against desktop editing. I mean, I, I've been a desktop editor for 30 years. I'm not, I'm not against it. But what I can say is that, so imagine that you're not stuck to your desktop. 
you can edit on a plane. You can edit while you're, you have a good idea while you're laying in bed. You can do that. And imagine that it's even more fun than it was on your desktop. So while, I mean, I made a commitment when we started LumaFusion to never edit on a desktop again. And I haven't been sorry at all. Wow. I, I just do everything that we do. I do our commercials, our tutorials, anything that we need, I've been able to do on LumaFusion. And I can tell you what it's done for me is breathe new life into my editing um, experience because it's just simply more fun. I'm not sitting with a mouse clicking on all these little tiny options and dealing with these sort of legacy rules that came along with desktop editing. So LumaFusion just breathes this fresh air into my editing experience. And so in that way, like I said, we're not against desktop editors. It's just that we think this is more fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's part of it. I mean, it's got to be more fun. Chris, you were going to say something? Yeah, and, yeah. I was going to say, you know, talking about other tools that are available on, on mobile devices, there are a lot of things out there that people can use to, you know, upload a video to YouTube, add cool effects to it, or add a quick title. What we've found is that, you know, people come to our app, and even young people, my daughter uses LumaFusion and has used other apps too, um, it's when they want to take that next step and have a little more control, have a real timeline, you know, because I'm not a great editor myself, but one thing I know about editing, it's all about getting the cuts at the right time, you know, and, and it's, it's not as much about the effects unless, unless you are doing a, a big movie with lots of effects. Um, but it's about the timing and that's where an app like ours gives you the exact detail frame, accurate cuts that you can do. And other apps just don't do that. They're more about quickly getting a, a, a cool video up. Um, so we take you to the next step. That's cool. That's cool. I was going to ask about that, how accurate you can get. That's a per Chris, you're like my segue person. So that's, that's, a, that's, a perfect, that's a perfect segue into the user interface, which is on an iPad, obviously, or a phone. It's the screen, it's touch, or it's your finger or the the, the Apple Pencil, etc. Um, and this is the perfect time for me to ask ask this because I was just poking around in the app yesterday. And, and I'm thinking, well, how do I get those precision edits if i'm if i want to get to a if i want to get to a frame by frame cut where you know chris is smiling but but not on this next frame and i want to end it on him smiling do i have that level of of detail in in an app like LumaFusion with a touchscreen interface sure absolutely yeah we've um First of all, you can zoom in and out of the timeline to a uh, uh, complete frame level accuracy. And even if you don't zoom in, on our preview, you can just simply swipe left or right to work one frame at a time. Okay. That way you can you know, basically get to the exact frame you want. So it's really easy to quickly drag to approximately where you want and then work one frame at a time. And if you happen to be on an iPad Pro, you can also use keyboard equivalents. You can use JKL for um, scrubbing back and forth, IO for marking in and out. Um, so you, you have all the best of both worlds in oh, there, depending okay. on how you like to edit. Okay, so you can you can plug a keyboard into it and then and then Absolutely. extend it that way. All right, well, yeah. cool. I'm excited. I got I have to end in this interview because I have to go play with <laughs> with LumaFusion <laughs> and play with it. Um, but just one kind of future facing question, or before I get to the future facing question, one last question on um, horsepower. So iPads, when they first started again, they weren't as powerful as they are now. And I would argue, depending on who you ask, my iPad is probably not as powerful as this, this iMac Retina 5K that I'm sitting in front of or my MacBook Pro. Maybe, maybe not. Can you guys address that? Because video, especially 4K video and multiple tracks of 4K video and audio and decoding and playing that in real time, that's processor intensive. 
am I giving anything up by uh, by moving to the mobile? Well, it's it's amazing, honestly. And here's where I give credit to Apple because Apple has so incredibly optimized what they do on these processors for 4K video um, and for audio and for the effects that we're able to do that it. it it's unbelievable what they've created in such a small device. Now, you do give up a couple things. You can't use ProRes video, for example, currently. Now, they may add that later, but, you know, so you do have to convert that video coming in. Um, but if you're working in H.264 or the new H.265, you're really giving up nothing. And, in fact, again, we've found that often it feels smoother and better when you're – and people are amazed at how beautiful it feels. And they're like, are you working on proxies? No, we're working on the original footage, and it's all in real time, and it's all in 4K. That's so, that's so crazy. You guys are making me feel old, like literally. <laughs> <laughs> in my day, we edited on computers, and we liked it. <laughs> that's fantastic. Okay, let's let's close this off. So uh, we we touched on a bunch of stuff. I'm sure there's more to touch on, um, but the future. It seems like the the app is pretty feature complete now. There's a there's a ton of stuff in there. Um, where do you draw the line or there's, you can approach this from two different angles. Um, what's next and then where do you draw the line so that you maintain the elegance and simplicity that you've achieved in the app right now versus going down the route of a premier pro or an avid that, you know, has everything known to man in it. Well, you know, I, that's a tough developer question. Right? Okay, so let's start with what's next. <laughs> so what's next? Uh, well, first off, we have coming uh, support for uh, Storyblocks, which is a which is audio and video um, stock footage and, and audio library. Okay. And so you'll be able to get a subscription for that for your editing. Um, at a very discounted rate from what you would get if you subscribed online. Um, and then we'll be doing what are called our pro packs and that those will have features that you could choose to leave out of your app, but just by not getting them. And that would be stuff like uh, export to XML. So you could continue editing on, on final cut or premiere. Uh, external monitor support. So if you're color correcting a clip, and you have an external monitor set up, you could uh, be looking at that as you, as you color correct instead of the iPad wow. or iPhone. Um, it also has a lot of other features like, I think, batch export, and um, I think Chris can name a few others. But from here on, we'll be adding these packs of pro features, and I don't see a limit to, as to what we're going to tackle. Yeah. As far as technically, because we want to be able to um, just hit the workflows that our customers are asking. Absolutely, yeah. They want to do multicam or they want to do a, you know, a variety of different ways of telling a story and cutting, and, and we want to be able to support those things. But we can keep them separate from their main app in this way by having them in packs. I think that's fantastic, um, really, because that, that's been one of my arguments for software like Adobe, uh, like Photoshop, for example, that in order to keep up with the Joneses, which is themselves, they have to keep <laughs> adding more and more features over time to software, even if you don't need them. Like 3D, I never use 3D in Photoshop. I've never used the timeline in Photoshop, yet they're there. My argument in the, which you articulated so so uh, perfectly was why can't I just buy the bare bone 
of Photoshop or an app, and then depending on who I am and what I need, either purchase different features or even rent them. You know, so if I know I'm only doing a job when I need this particular feature, I'm never going to use it again. I don't want to own it forever. Just give me access to this feature for a week, you know, and I'm That's done. an interesting idea. Yeah. <laughs> it's all yours. It's all yours. <laughs> right? With yeah. that, I mean, just, I mean, that's what we're talking about yeah. here in the age of subscriptions yeah. and online content delivery and, and, you know, everything's in the cloud. Why can't I rent superpowers and then give, <laughs> give them back after the crime is solved? <laughs> yeah. now, now, in our case, our pro packs will be so well priced that it's cheaper that, you know, it'd be about the price of what you'd expect to rent it for a week. So Perfect. that's the amazing part about it. Um, but, you know, our goal is to always keep the main app feeling like you got everything you ever wanted in a good editor. And those pro packs will be the things for those people who have special workflows who say, you know, for this week, I need this special workflow and, and I want to use it. And Hey, that's not too expensive to get that. And that's what we're hoping to do. That's great. That's great. Do you guys, do you guys far, find that part of the marketing challenge for, for um, app based software is people taking it seriously as a pro application you know like especially you you guys are priced at 20 bucks 19 dollars all right 19.99 um if they look at that it's the whole you know I'm, I'm i have a marketing background so it's the whole price perception thing you know i can't yeah. possibly get something that i can do seriously serious work with for under 20 dollars you know that's right and then you can't if you go higher then people will slam you for having such a high priced app in the app store so you're kind of damned yeah. if you do damned if you don't how do you guys how do you guys tackle that issue you put it perfectly we're damned if it's <laughs> <laughs> There's no winning. <laughs> I'll tell you a funny story. It's so dependent on, you know, we go to a few different trade shows. And if we're at VidCon, which is all the YouTubers, you know, they're all talking about how expensive our app is at $20. Yeah. You go to NAB and they're like, and they're exactly, they're, how can a product be that cheap and still be good? It should be $400. Right. So, you know, it is a balance we've, you know, worked at achieving. And I think we've found the sweet spot, but it is tr tricky. The, the app market is so different than it used to be, you know, in the, in software. So, you know, we have to keep trying and, and try new things and that's what we do and try to come up with the right solution that, um, you know, works well for us and works well for our customers. Yeah, no, I, I think that's, I think that's right. And I think, you know, I, I, I often tell people that I feel like I was born too early because, <laughs> because all these cool tools show up now, you know, and my vision's going and all this stuff. <laughs> like, we know that. It's like the evil joke that the universe plays on you. Oh, now you have this perfect tool for that thing you were trying to do last year. <laughs> yeah. So, so that's great, guys. Well, thank you. Thank you both for coming on and thank you for building Luma Fusion. Uh, your company's called Luma Touch. So, I was thinking that the company name was Luma Fusion because this is your 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 first app. But does this mean that we're going to see a bunch of other apps coming out of you guys in the in the coming months and years? Well, I hope so. I mean, <laughs> I hope that we continue to grow and um, provide more tools for creative uh, professionals. So. Yeah, no, that's fantastic. Well, congratulations, guys, on on, uh, on your successes. Congratulations on tackling this and providing a a, uh, a viable professional level workflow for content creators and integrating with tools like this guy so that I don't have to worry about sucking up all the space on my iPad, which is <laughs> which is interesting because as I was thinking about that, um, my 
an iPad is, unless you buy it purpose, purposely for only video editing, you're going to be using it for a million different things. And if you suck up all the space on it, then it becomes less than useful. But if you are able to tap in smartly to a to an external sto storage device, now I can actually think about it as a professional tool that I can mm -hmm. just use when I need to and then put that drive away when I don't need it. So very cool, very cool. So where yeah. should where should people go to learn more about LumaFusion and maybe check out some of those tutorials you were talking about, et cetera? Go ahead, Chris. Oh uh, yeah, so you can go to our website at lumatouch.com. Um, you can also go to the App Store and just search LumaTouch or LumaFusion, and you'll find us really quickly there. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Well, TWIP listeners, you know where to go, you know, LumaTouch.com or the App Store, et cetera. And I'll link to all that stuff from the blog post for this episode, obviously, and also in the, uh, the description of the YouTube video. So yeah. just click in there and go check them out. Thanks, guys. I, I appreciate your time today. Hey, thank you. Thank you, you so much. All great. Right. You're welcome. Thanks. Take care. This is Twitter.